We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link of Rotowire.com here with Todd Zola, FSWA Hall of Famer. Always a pleasure to be on with you, Todd. Today is going to be the DH cast. Going to go team by team in the NL and discuss who could benefit from the Universal DH, which was confirmed yesterday. And as we do this, I'm actually going to update our admin on the back end and multitasking. Yeah. And on the front end, you know, we'll have updated batting orders with the defaults having DHs and we'll have DH on the depth charts for NL teams very soon. Todd, how are you today? I'm just playing around. I just noticed that if I leave my mic right there, oops, I, it looks like I have a microphone tattooed onto my arm. Anyway. Um, you have any tats? No. I don't need no. Um, well, first <laughs> of all, it's, it's I, air quotes against my religion. Not that, oh, right. not that you know, I eat bacon. So anyway, but um, actually I was joking this morning. I had blood drawn for a uh, three-month checkup. I said, I'm going to get a tattoo of an X where they always draw the blood. So I'm actually looking at the picture. I got new, my landlord put a new overhead light. Light's better in here. Hey, cool. Anyway. Yeah, it does look re- pretty darn bright. Now man. you can really see how ugly I am. All right. Um, nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You say, I know you are, said you, well. hmm? you might want a rotowire background, though, sometime soon. Yeah, well, yeah. And right now, they're like, everybody, what books does he have? What does all have on the table? He's got trash bags on that table, and he's got, yeah, anyway. So uh, I'm not the... Uh, don't have got the, a Hall uh, of Fame plaque back there. Yeah, it's the only pl- the only place I have. Well, I mean, I just kind of realized that it's not. I'm not really showing off. It's the only place I have for it. But anyway, um, yeah, things are good. I'm optimistic about tomorrow, at least. Yeah. The owner's I, I, proposal. I, I mean, we do the we do the MLB show. I don't think we're going to be preempted for a for an announcement, but I do think this is a positive sign for movement for movement you know well yeah i i was saying yesterday when i was doing the pod the reds cast with uh jeff and jenny butler and doug dennis you know i was saying that at least i heard him say manfred say that they're committed to making an agreement that they're committed to not missing games we'll see if that's actually the case but that at least you know, gave me some maybe false hope, but hope nonetheless. 
But uh, Todd, we did get the the news that the owners and the players have agreed to the universal DH. Yeah. Kind of figured that was coming, but good to get that from the horse's mouth. And I'm wondering, I'll, I'll mention what I kind of said yesterday after you go, but I'm just kind of wondering how you're approaching things. Are you doing a widespread, you know, downgrade on the NL pitchers? Anything you're doing right off off the jump with this news? Yes. Well, we had a little practice heading into 2020. So we having dealt with it before. I mean, you mentioned, you know, it's good to know. I mean, this time, maybe not this time, but I mean, last year we expected there to be no DH, or sorry, universal DH. So, yeah, I was uh, pretty sure we were going to have. Right. So, dead wrong. You know, this, we say it as assumed. It was, you know, I opened my piece this week talking about, you know, the the, the worst kept secret in in the MLB is now finally, you know, out of the bag. That's a DH. I'm actually writing about it. It's 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 taking on more than I thought it would, so I didn't get it posted for today. Hopefully, it'll be posted for tomorrow. I've done this before, before the 2020 season. How I'm going to adjust for the NL pitching? I want to bring the baseline for the NL pitchers as if they faced a DH in 21 and 18 and 19. 20, we have the numbers, and it's making a lot of assumptions, which 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 are explained, and it's not perfect. But I think it, it, it brings the baseline uh, a little more apples and apples. And it's going to change. It, it's about a 0.15 difference in ERA. So a, a 3.6 is now a 3.75. So for someone who drafts kind of agnostically and probably the way you should draft and, and not get married to a static projection, if you see 3.6 and 3.75, you're, not, it's not, you're still thinking about the same players. Now you're upside, downside you know, other factors in the ERA. If you take rankings that are formulaic or based on formula, you know, five by five formula, it's going to shuffle up with a three, six versus three, seven, five. But again, proper drafting, you don't just take one from the top. You say, geez, three, six, three, seven, five, man, that's the same pitcher. So it will shuffle up rankings, whether that's enough to influence you to change who you take at a certain spot I think there's other factors involved, but it could. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. I my stance was kind of that I have most of my NL pitchers ranked about where I'd take them. I think generally, I have pitchers just a little softer ranked, a little lower than where I expect them to go in like the big money uh, main events and NFPC drafts. So I have my guys about where I expect to be wanting to take them. And especially as we're doing this first pitch Arizona speakers draft, which we'll talk a little bit about, especially in future weeks, you know, when we move on from the, the DH, um, I'm just finding that, you know, there, there are pockets of value where I want to take a guy. And um, th- this news doesn't really, won't really lead to me, downgrading NL pitchers too much because I already have them a little lower than I'd, I'd expect to uh, see yeah. them go. Yeah. Generally. I kind of need, let's see who I took so far in this. Well, Verlander, McCullers Jr., Bednar. I got some work to do on the pitching side. Bueller, I have ranked head, ahead of where I took him in the second round. So he's kind of well, a polarizing guy right now, Bueller. The thing with Bueller, you know, you say in the second round, that goes back to my old, you draft the pitcher, not the round. If you want a pitcher, you probably had a tier of Bueller, right? With Bueller and some other guys. If you want one from that tier and that tier is going faster than you expected, you got to take them. You can't say, oh, he's not worth that draft spot. You have to say, I need a pitcher from this tier to make my plan work. I better take him now. 
Now, if you're trying to, if you're saying you're shuffling them up and you're diversifying your portfolio and you already have a bunch of, I don't know, Brandon Woodruff as an example, and you took Bueller instead, you know, that's, that's it's still, it's still the same tier. Very true. Well, do you want to dive into the DH uh, options? Or sure. Let's here. dive into the, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I said on Twitter, everybody's going to be talking about this. So let's dive. I'm going to try to come up with a, one name per team that's kind of like, oh, yeah. And that's more for your 37th round of a DC yeah. or maybe NL only. NL only. So I'm going to try to come up with a name. And I guarantee three or four of them aren't even on the team anymore. But, you know, because <laughs> I, I hit my rate, my rankings aren't, you know, I, I missed a guy being cut or not, whatever. But anyway, let's, I'm going to try to figure out one. Oh, yeah, per team. That's great. That'll be helpful for our listeners, I think, especially those playing in deep formats. Yeah. So looking right now, we added the DH to the depth charts on the back end on the admin in 2020, of course, for NL teams. And then when they did away with it on the front end, we took it, took them off the site, but uh, we, mm-hmm. we do still have the DH there listed on the depth charts on the back end. So for Arizona, we I'm going to have to bump Christian Walker out of that top spot because we also have him at first. But I do expect Christian Walker to probably be a guy who DHs a fair amount with maybe Paven Smith at first base between first and right field. Yeah, I think I, I think I have them both for like eighty percent playing time. Without a DH, it would be at least ten percent less, maybe seventy. Because because platoon players, a, a lefty platoon bat, all he does is hit against right-handed pitchers. It's around seventy-two percent of the playing time. So, you know, 80% means they, you know, in, in Walker's a righty. So that's not even a platoon. It's just the number I landed on. So that's kind of the, the basis. But, no, I agree that, you know, I don't know that, you know, another 50 or 100 bats. Okay, sure. I think that that probably that probably matters a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, don't you think that – I don't know if I don't know if our show gets more at bats, but does it increase the chance that Dalton of our show plays – as much as we think he's going to with the DH there? I would say, yeah, because I'm not, in, I'm know, not other, adding other more at bats, right? Yeah. I'm not adding more at bats, but I'm more confident that he gets the ones I, I, I projected, right? Because he can move around and give others a break from the field occasionally. Yeah. And yeah, I think he's a good one. Seth Beer was a guy who I think maybe Jeff Zimmerman mentioned on Twitter yeah. recently, not in relation to this conversation but i think you mentioned that he might be dh only yeah he's he's dh only yeah we were listing Mm -hmm. um jeff jeff erickson was mentioning how few you you know dh only players there are and he didn't didn't list beer uh beer is now important and i think he's kind of one of the common ones people are talking about for for the arizona diamondbacks Mm -hmm. um you know the 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 under the radar guy for me on this team is jordan luplo you know, again, he's he's a righty platoon, but if I think he will see more at bats either in the field or um, at DH, maybe Paven Smith his DHs for the day, so Luplo plays right. So Luplo to me is going to get more, you know, more than the twenty eight percent or whatever it would be of platoon at bats. So he's more of an NL only type guy. Yeah, that's a that's a good one to throw out there. Uh, you know, looking at their depth chart, Josh Van Meter. I don't really expect him to be much more than a, a quad A guy in time. Um, you know, you know, it, it, cycling back to uh, uh, the catcher Varsho, if Alec Thomas hits well and 
makes the team or comes up early, it doesn't eat into less of a chance of eating into Varsho's playing time too. So I think it, you're not as worried about, you know, if Alec Thomas crushes it, you know, crushes the Varsho dreams. It's, it, I think it's not always going to be the case. Yeah, that's fair. Now, this is actually tough because I usually like to have like, you know, different people at the top each position and this is tough for Arizona. So maybe I'll go, maybe I'll leave Walker at DH bump Paven Smith up to first at first base, then loop load atop the depth chart and right field for now. That's, does that sound about right to you or does that sound? A yeah, no, yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can make an art. Yeah. I mean, Walker and Walker and Luplo. So Walker and Smith, you can go either way. I mean, I, I have Walker at first base, but it, it doesn't really matter. I think, you know, in Smith and Wright, but um, but then who's the main DH? You make Seth Beer the main DH. You know, it may turn out to be that way. But you know, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, these things should flesh out too. Knock on wood. Once spring training starts, does Seth Beer play a lot in the field? Where is Where is Paven Smith playing in games? Where is Walker playing in games? So these things will flesh out. Knock on wood within the next few weeks. Yeah, they're saying they still want to have, you know, at least a month of spring training. Right yep. now, I believe that spring training's on, but with minor league players. But I think probably after tomorrow, they delay it. Well, no, there was there was a confusion because there were a couple of reports where the, where the reporter had it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commissioner said they will not play minor league game, uh, spring training games with minor league players. Mm-hmm. They, they will not do That's that. Good. That's good. Yeah. So he also said they believe they need four weeks. So if the season starts the thirtieth, you know you need you need March first has to the games don't have to be played on March first, but players need to be in camp on March first, and position players were that's around the time they were going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the pitchers and catchers that uh, usually get the couple weeks to loosen up and PRP drills, etc. That sort of thing. Hopefully they're throwing on their own. Um, I think there's still an outside shot that there's games for us to see during labor and first pitch weekend, which is what the fifth through the seventh. We may, we may be seeing the openers of some teams. Yeah, true. Now moving on to Atlanta, mm-hmm. I would imagine it's mostly Marcelo Zuna at DH there. Um, is there a chance he gets suspended? He already was retroactively uh, okay. to September 10th, meaning he has already served that ban, but uh, okay. Yeah. No, I guess the felony charge that stemmed from his May 29th arrest was dropped. And there's a chance that the misdemeanor charges are dropped if he meets the conditions of his diversion program within six months. So he may not end up facing even misdemeanor charges from this. Okay. And I believe the, the Braves have said they are going to welcome him back. So, uh, you know, personal thoughts on him aside, it does look like he will be playing for Atlanta. Then does that open up time in the outfield for anybody notable for you? Or is it kind of a wash between Guillermo Heredia, Orlando Arcia, Travis Demerit? Well, with the obvious caveat, they've got a big hole at first base. Atlanta does. And it's not, it's not given. It's not a given that Freddie Freeman comes back. That's why you got, you got Duvall. He got just Pache going to the shot, obviously Acuna. Um, I think, yeah, I think it probably gives Arcia a little bit more time. And I think, I think Pache maybe give him a lot of look. And I think it, it potentially opens up the pathway for Drew Waters to hit the, to get more major league time than he may have previously. But, um, 
you know, the under the, the under the radar guy. And I, I should have checked to see if he's still on the team, but uh, Travis Demerite is the guy I've got down as someone who may, uh, you know, may pick up a few extra at bats at DH. Again, I don't care about him in mixed, but maybe I want him in my NL Teltways reserve. Yeah, he uh, was added to the 40-man roster in November, so he is with the team and had a big year at AAA. Wow, let me just confirm these numbers. Yeah, AAA last year, 81 games. He had 21 homers, had a three uh, 938 OPS in 81 games. So, <laughs> yeah, he's a – I remember he used to have some some hype, right? He was kind of Detroit, a, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, he's got some power. Pick. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, these are the these are the – I, I, I hate the word hot or, 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 you know, hot takes or long shots or um, whatever the expression is. But yeah, these are, you know, to me, they're plausible. There's a pathway. I'm not, I'm not predicting it, you know, but I think that some guys, you know, we're both doing a DC now. I mean, in the 38th or 48th round, but you're going to take, this is no one there. I mean, you never know. Uh, that, 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 there's pathways. Yeah. So Ozuna, probably some Travis Darno there to try to keep him healthy. Sure. Adam Duvall, maybe Riley there. Uh, before we move on, though, Todd, let's sort of a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And now we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link and Todd's all going team by team, and I'm updating our depth charts at Rotowire. 
trying to get these designated hitters cleaned up and kind of solve the puzzle as they stand now to be sure that we have, you know, different people atop the depth charts at each position. Mm-hmm. Um, now for the Chicago Cubs, the next team up for the NL. Oh, man. I mean, maybe some Clint Frazier, even though I expect him to play quite a bit anyway. But um, I do feel like him, maybe Wilson Contreras until he's traded. Frank Schwindel. Anybody else jump out to you for this Cubs team? Harold Ramirez. Yeah. Harold Ramirez um, has shown flashes of mediocrity with the uh, Guardian. Well, then Indians, now Guardians. Um, I think that there might be some. I don't know if Wilson Contreras is going to get more playing time. I just think he may get more of it at DH because he was one of those, you know, played a ton anyway. I don't know if he. I don't know if he picks up more playing time, but I think he gets off his feet, especially when you got Jan Gomes, a pretty capable backup. So I think that they, the Cubs may try to get a little bit more playing time for, uh, for you know, if you want to figure it the other way, think about it as a as a catcher in NL only. Jan Gomes could benefit, although I'm not so sure you want more at bats from Jan Gomes, right? It may not be yeah. a good thing. Um, yeah, as far anybody else, I don't know. I mean, they've got a, a bunch of. Names. I don't. Are they going to bring somebody in? I doubt it. So I think, I think Clint Frazier and Harold Ramirez are probably the two main ones, and they're not to me. That's still not mixed league worthy, or maybe Frazier is a later pick, mixed league worthy. But um, I'm not. I'm, there's no one I'm running out to get. Yeah, we have Frazier atop the DH depth chart for the Cubs, and I'm going to leave him there because yeah, Hayward and Wright pretty iffy at this point. He's could be on the way out, but then Rafael Ortega in center. I feel like we don't ever talk about Rafael Ortega and the drafts I've done. I feel like I haven't thought about him once. Uh, now he did fall off pretty hard toward the end, but he had a 823 OPS in 103 games, 11 homers, 12 steals was caught six times, but should we be thinking and talking more about Rafael Ortega, the Cubs? I think he's going to play and that. So he checks that box automatically. So what does he do when he plays? He's going to, he's going to, hit double-digit home runs and, and, and steal double-digit double bases, therefore he's relevant. It's can you absorb a potentially low batting average? I think that's the thing with Ortega. Uh, he, I don't want to use I, you know, poor man's Adolis Garcia. Is that fair? I don't know. Same idea, though, in that, you know, the power-speed combo, but with a, a strikeout issue to, to lower the batting average. I don't see the Cubs. You see the Cubs bringing anybody in? I don't. Um, they've got some kids on the farm. That may elevate a little bit quicker, maybe. I don't know. Um, Nelson Velasquez kind of look is he the guy that looked good in the AFL or am I confusing it? I don't really remember to be Yeah, I'm pretty honest. sure. I know he did. Brennan Davis is a ton of pedigree and right. He, I, I don't think we saw him at the NF, the AFL. No. There's someone from the Cubs that just went goofy at the AFL. I'm pretty sure it was Velasquez. I think it if you're an Ian Ian Hap truther. It gives you know that much more of an you know, possibility that he stays in the lineup because they need to fill those at back. So again, I don't I don't see anybody that I'm like rushing out to get that that, that have changed things uh, all that much. But um, yeah, it, it was a I think it was Velasquez who impressed me at the AFL. Looking at his he was added to the forty man in November, so that kind of it was based upon a good AFL. On to the Reds. We spent time talking about oh, we them. We spent all day. As I mentioned yesterday, we uh, we talked about them. 
So go back and listen to yesterday's pod if you want a ton of reds. We'll just briefly <laughs> go over them here. Um, I expect them to bring somebody in because I don't really see like Aquino being an everyday guy or Senzel. Uh, Senzel's who I'll probably leave atop the, uh, the DH depth chart for now, but Moose, number two, probably Aquino, Winker, um, maybe Tyler Stevenson. Maybe that helps boost his plate appearances a little bit. Any sleepers here that you like, Todd? Sleepers, yeah. I mean, you know, you guys got the Reds covered pretty well. I don't know that I see. You know what? Maybe Akiyama if he gets another chance, if he impresses, because I, I think it. I think it gives a pathway that if Akiyama impresses in the spring, that there's a pathway to playing time. Yeah, I mean, he has not hit for any power, but he right. can get on base. So we'll see about him. Moving right. on to Colorado, this team, man. I don't know <laughs> what this team's doing. They'll probably give Blackman some days off from the field. Uh, Crone, maybe a guy like Colton Welker, who got a very brief yeah. look last year. 19 right. games. Really I strong. think Connor Joe Connor uh, Joe's a good one. can build upon his. Again, he's not going to, I mean, he's you know play a little bit more. And anytime you get a little bit more in Colorado, it could be a lot more for stats, right? Um, I think Colton Welker is the good call as far as someone that, you know, the, the, the under the radar that you aren't going to be seeing on everybody's list as far as, as far as player goes. So I think that one's a good one there. Yeah. Nobody else really on this team that I'm dying to pick up. And, and even in light of this news, I mean, Crone, I could see drafting, but a lot of these guys are, I'm finding myself far off on when they go in drafts like Hampson. I'm nowhere close. Uh, Brandon Rogers even. So I just don't see myself having a lot of uh, Colorado Rockies. For some reason, they fancy themselves contenders even still, Todd. How how wild is that? Uh, it's the pitching. I mean, the bat they can hit. It's it's the pitching that's the thing. So yeah. So on to looks like we're onto the Dodgers now. A lot of options here. I saw just the other day. I think it was maybe like a Max Muncie Instagram post that got kind of repurposed as a tweet. Sounds like he's at least doing some offseason work, but he's a big question mark. Drafted him in this first pitch Arizona speakers draft. And I feel like if we knew his availability or knew really anything about his progress, he'd be going a couple rounds higher. What round did you get him in? I think I got him in the 11th round. You got him in, a, to me, you got him like a, in, a, in a five or six round discount. Yeah, eleventh. If, if, if we knew he was coming, right? He's a fifth or sixth rounder. He's been really, really good for yeah what, three or four years now since he broke out with. Didn't he? The, he had the he had the off two thousand and twenty, right? Mm-hmm. But then so did a lot of guys. So I don't hold that against him. But yeah, I, I I kept I kept thinking about pulling the trigger with Muncie, but I just never did. And I think I was pretty close by the time you took him. But at that point, I was reaching for my closer. So. Yeah, I didn't think he was like a great fit on my roster, but I just couldn't couldn't let Muncie slide. Multiple eligibility at some point, you know, even yeah, if you drafted first your first second. reserve in the eleventh round, that's that's in this league, that's not bad. I mean, that's that's it's workable. Well, I I hope I know Jenny Butler said yesterday she doesn't really well, not that she has like crossed him off the bo- off her board, but essentially that you know in DCs you're already going to have so many dead spots. She doesn't want to draft a guy who could also end up being a dead spot if he ends up needing a procedure on that UCL. So for That's this true. team, I mean, maybe Muncie, I think probably a lot of AJ Pollock at DH, right? 
maybe opening up time for Gavin Lux and left. Yeah, that would be interesting. Or, you know, even Lux at DH, because if Paulo can still play a little bit of defense. Yeah, I could I could see that. The 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 I don't want to call it under the radar, but I think the 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 player to keep in mind is Edwin Rios. That's coming off one. coming off of an injury. Um Justin yeah, Turner. I kind of liked him a few years ago in those drafts yeah. and holds because the well, minor league enough. batted ball numbers are insane. I liked him enough to acquire him in the XFL as a potential keeper. I didn't end up keeping him because I just had other keepers and it was just too much of a, I had my slots were filled, but I mean, Turner could DH and end with Rios. Well, not that Rios is a great defender either. Actually, I think Turner's probably a better defender, even at advanced age with his bad knees. But um, I think that Rios is the bat to keep in mind for you know, coming off the injury as someone who could, uh, again, NL only 47th round of the D.C., someone to keep in mind. I wanted to look up how many appearances Gavin Lux had in the outfield. And 17, 11 appearances in left, 10 starts. So, you know, with them bringing back Chris Taylor, that does look like probably his uh, most likely path. Well, I was say, where, who do you, who do you, I mean, all right, so Turner plays second, uh, not Turner. Yeah, Trey Turner. The other Turner plays second or short, whichever. Yeah. You think that Taylor plays one spot, or do you think he jumps around again and oh, Lux just around. plays second base? Yeah, maybe that's the case. Maybe because Taylor can play the outfield. Maybe they essentially yeah. bounce around a little bit, both of yeah. those guys. And uh, yeah, could have probably Bellinger in center. I've, Heard he's had a great off season, so that's good. I think I will leave Pollock atop the list at DH, and then Lux the number one and left. I don't expect that to be really that way, but uh, you know, with with Pollock probably DH and a lot, I could see Lux in the outfield. Maybe a little mm-hmm. Zach McKinstry who had a little flash in the pan last year. Sure. And how about Miami, Todd? Now this is a weird team because I do think they're going to be making more additions to this club but Additions. uh i've got too many at bats right now with miami yeah I, it just feels like they were on the verge of a spending spree maybe i'm wrong about that but they brought in oh. abisil garcia and it felt like they were they had money burning a hole in their pocket a little bit well they brought in garcia and they brought in joey wendell yeah that's true or wendell so yeah, i don't are they going to bring more players in i don't i don't know uh maybe on the, on the pitching side i guess in the in the bullpen perhaps but uh, again, I have them. Maybe with, Castellanos. Ooh, man, wouldn't that Who be knows? interesting? No, I, I've got. I've, like I said, I'm already over projecting that. Not by a ton. Well, they also brought in Jacob Stallings. So I mean, they've they've yeah. made some moves. I don't know how much more they've got, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm over projecting some some players like Brian Anderson and and Brian De La Cruz. But I've I've got too many at bats already. So we'll see. Well, Anderson was the guy I just moved up to the top of the DH because at third base, you probably have Wendell there. Maybe he plays some second, but you got Jazz Chisholm. They brought back Miguel Rojas. So, yeah, especially after the injuries Brian Anderson dealt with last year, it's, imagine he's the guy to put number one for now. And then maybe like Lewin Diaz? Well, it, it depends. I mean, again, platoon, et cetera, does, does, does Aguiar just bat against left, uh, bat against righties, and then Cooper – Picks those up, or is Cooper oh, yeah, to DH? Yeah. So again, was... they've got a you know they've got a lot of in Lewin Diaz. They've yeah. got a, you know a, a lot of you know not to be confused with Isan Diaz. In the Cooper middle had of surgery to repair a torn UCL. Right, and on this, I mean, I it's had a ton I've of got, injuries. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I got John Birdie hardly playing, and he you know was a regular a couple of years ago. 
So they've got a lot of moving parts. But as far as someone who's going to, you know, step up and, and potentially get more playing time, I, it's probably Cooper. And I think that's not a surprise. I don't know that I have a. I don't know that I have an under the radar name on this on this club to you know to to to, to put out there as someone who can, um, you know. I guess it's it's really not related, but. I kind of like I kind of like Nick Fortes as their backup catcher and NL only. Other than that, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, I don't have the DH guy maybe to just to to wow people with. Yeah, no, I think James. I don't want to say I know because I don't. I think he said he really likes Jesus Sanchez as a sleeper. He'll probably oh, be yeah. playing a lot of the outfield. Love him uh, a lot. Yeah, the batter ball metrics are good. Yeah, yeah. So probably yeah, some Anderson, Lewin Diaz, Garrett Cooper. Maybe some Nick Fortes. That's a name I really wasn't familiar with. So well, no, again, it's not DH, but just as the second yeah. catcher. Yeah, because um, Jacob Stallings, you know, maybe he DHs a little bit. Um, of course, I'm a Reds fan, Todd, but in this draft we're doing, you might think I'm a, suddenly a Brewers fan because I took <laughs> both of their middle infielders. Actually, no, I took uh, a corner infielder. In I, took, I, took, I took Mr. Wong, so yeah, you, you couldn't have Wong. taken him, yeah. I took uh, Urias, who is eligible at second. I yep. Um, and then Willie Adamas I took. I'm pretty happy, and I'm targeting a few other Brewers the rest of the way. So uh, this is a team that, you know, offensively they really scuffled. I know you hate that. <gasps> I'm sorry. I, I, like, steered into that one. I <laughs> On the fly, I just decided to say that to press your button. But, um, I mean, offensively in the postseason they fell on their face. But I think there's some sneaky fantasy value on this team. Oh, for sure. I know it's been in that park, especially, uh, you know, in in what is a great, uh, great um, American family. American family, yeah, the, the insurance company now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Rowdy Telez, does he get more playing time now with the DH, or you know, is he just more assured that he remains with the playing time? It opens up a pass day for Hira, a pathway for Keston Hira, right? Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to add his, add best, right his best position is DH. Forget about strikeouts. You know, if you just put him at put put him at DH and let him focus on hitting, who knows? Um, I think that someone definitely worth a uh, worth a flyer. The under the radar. I mean, there's other guys we can still talk about. I, I think this helps Mike Russo get, you know, the playing time, the the jack of all trades playing time with with this club. But assuming he's still with the club, and I, we don't have a note that he isn't, that he, you know, we know he signed with him in the last year, is David Dahl. Yeah, if I think I, he had a minor league deal with the spring invite. Yeah, so he's someone to think about. Maybe maybe staying playing DH keeps him a little bit healthy. Although this guy seems to just get hurt, you know, looking at his looking at his legs, let alone actually running. But it's just another, you know, another, someone. Maybe he. I don't know that I want to invest in a D, in a DC. But I'm in an early fab league, and I can get rid of him if it doesn't work out. I think David Dahl is someone I'm interested in. That's a good one. I, I actually put Hira. I know he was optioned down, but I think I'm going to put him number one and then Rowdy number one at first. They do have Jace Peterson. You uh, targeting Tyrone Taylor at all? I've seen some love for him, but I, I can't really – when I dive in, I don't really see it myself, but he does have a little speed, so maybe that's yeah. I think I that this is another team that I think might have a move left in them if they if they do want to compete. I don't know that you can go into the the, the season. Uh, you got Yelich and you got Hunter Renfro, center field splitting between Taylor and Kane, and then mixing and matching. I I don't know who they get as a center fielder. 
but I think that I think if they fashion themselves a competitor, they want to try out and go out and try to get one more player. Now the New York Mets, they're next up. Went on a spending spree. Good for them. Um, you know, they they deserve a lot of the grief they've gotten over the years, but now that they have this new owner, he's opening up the wallet. Uh, what's that guy's name again? Steve Cohen. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're a fr- when your fan, uh, when your franchise that you're a fan of is realigning payroll to resources, you, you grow jealous of teams like this that are actually willing to spend millions of dollars. To I just wish he'd back off Twitter a bit. It sounds it's almost like he's trying to. He reminds you of you know running a wrestling promotion. Some of his tweets, you know. I, <laughs> yeah, I when you're that rich, off. you should just let just not log <laughs> on, just log off forever. Uh, so, what do you think is Robinson Cano the guy here? I think uh, there's a little bit more leeway with Cano. Mm-hmm. He he could have not. He could have batted himself off of the off of the club. I think, but now there's additional playing time. You know, this is another club that has just got a bunch of a bunch of DHs, Dominic Smith and yeah, uh, Davis. Smith. Although Davis isn't terrible with the glove, but um, Dominic Smith especially uh, is going to open up some playing time. But um, yeah, I think that it, it it does give it gives Cano a bit of a parachute. Yeah, you know, I said yesterday, like the very first guy who popped in my mind here was Dom Smith, like just with the DH, because I've always liked the bat. Just doesn't have a place to play. He's miscast as an outfielder. Uh, but yeah, he's still got Cano there taking up a spot. So and they're both lefty. It's hard to hard to say. I think I'd maybe give the slight edge to Smith actually, because he's actually you know, I think in if you give these guys a bat, he'll outshine Cano at this point. But Cano, last time we saw him, could still hit a little bit. So yeah, maybe... I mean, there's no under the radar guy on this team just because there's so many over the radar guys. Yeah, on to, JD on the radar Davis, guys. you mentioned. Yeah, there's just I so mean, many guys. They have like that... three DHs. Yeah, that... exactly. So I don't know that there's someone that I expect to uh, to shine elsewhere. I mean, you got you know Kana, Marte, and um, Brandon Nemo, if he can stay healthy. In the outfield, I don't think there's not a lot of talk about them bringing Conforto back, so I think they're pretty set as far as that goes. But yeah, if there's anybody, be Cano. I know they said about or there were rumors about them maybe looking to trade Jeff McNeil, so maybe he's out. Then that would maybe clear second base for Cano, and then more time for Dom Smith at DH. I never like it when a team kind of like removes their high ground with the leverage by saying they want to deal a guy. But that would make sense to deal McNeil for some pitching help and just kind of open things up for other players here. McNeil's mm-hmm. a good player. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Conforto. I, I'm holding out hope that he kind of follows the Nick Castellanos path. Maybe he could talk to Castellanos, kind of build up his value in, in Great American Small Park and then go elsewhere. Well, a lot of these guys are going to have to take one-year deals just because there's not going to be enough time to negotiate anything more and or they don't like the number they get, so they want a, you know a pillow contract. True. Now, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I'd imagine JT Realmuto gets some run at DH when he ne- his legs need a rest. Reese Hoskins as well. But what about maybe like Matt Veerling? Yeah, he's the guy. Now, it's back to Realmuto. He played so much anyway, played a little first base. I don't know that he's going to get more playing time because he's. I, if this was five years ago, perhaps. But I think at this point, it's just that he gets similar amount of playing time, but more of it at DH. I don't know that I'm adding extra playing time. I've heard that Um, sentiment. But yeah, Veerling is the guy. 
Yeah, Veerling is the is the one. I think he's both the over and under the radar player that that, that I think we need to take a look at as far as either getting more time in the outfield and someone else DHing or DHing directly. Yeah, they have some some options here. I mean, I've got uh, several holes on this team. I mean, I've got yeah, them with the spend. ability to bring in three players. Mm-hmm. Whether they bring in two and I have to raise the playing time of a third, I don't know. But I've got I've got a hole in center field, a hole in left, and basically a hole in DH. So I think this team has got some work to do. Yeah, that's it's tough because Veerling may be in center, but I don't know if he's like an everyday guy. But right now there looks like there's a lot of at-bats available for Veerling. But I do think they would probably bring in a few guys. Not on the hitting side, but are you drafting Corey Knable right now, Todd? I'm interested. Um, He's one of the guys I'm somewhat interested in because I'm going the later closer route. But he seems to be going a little bit earlier. Um. I might be a little bit more onto him now than I was. And, you know, I'll, I'll, you mentioned the speaker's draft. Brent Hershey's in it, Philadelphia fan. I kind of thought that Philly might be in the market to bring in or trade for uh, Kimbrell or bring in Jansen. But Brent seems to think that it's going to be Knable. And if you feel that after the surgery that he's going to be healthy and a lot of relievers have been in his scenario, then I think maybe he, I think he needs to be in the same – he needs to be in the – um just above the Barlows, but below uh, maybe the last guy that you think for sure you're drafting with a job. And I'm, I'm just haven't been looking for closers in that range, but I was kind of dismissing him figuring Philly was going to bring somebody else in, but Brent seems to think they won't. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Knable has experience closing, so maybe they're willing to let him run with the job and, Maybe they'll spend that money they have on to improve that offense. That you think yeah, back, you know, quickly back to the hitting. You think this gives Scott Kingery one more chance? Uh, he signed. I doubt it. Right, he signed. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's more of a even if he gets a chance, you're just not confident in the skills. Yeah, I think that ship has sailed. I think they okay. the fact they kept him down for so long, and even with that contract, just said you're not really part of this team so okay all right don't see it but yeah there there will be opportunities at least how it looks now we'll see if there are new additions who take up more of those projected at bats for pittsburgh i'd imagine a lot of yoshi yoshi sutsugo who i do kind of like um kind of a sneaky guy who I, I liked when he came over it didn't work out in tampa bay but then when he got his run with, with pittsburgh last year he looked pretty darn good Yep, over the second half. So whether it's Tsutsugo or Chavez, I think what it does is solidify is playing time for both of them. Mm-hmm. And whether where they play, we don't know just yet. But I think it does solidify playing time for the two of them. Absolutely. Yeah, so I got Tsutsugo number one to DH, and then maybe like Gamble and left. Brian Reynolds will play a lot. Then maybe like Anthony Alford. Jason Collette, his bold predictions for the NL, he liked Alfred to emerge, mostly because of the lack of options. Alfred has a lot of athleticism, and maybe they just you know, turn him loose, see what he can do. Um, hasn't done much yet, but he's a a deep leaguer to maybe think about. Cole Tucker, maybe in this list. Hoy Park, who was with the Yankees, had a big minor league run last year with the Yankees, but uh, clearly they weren't really believers in him being a – a big force, so they sent him to Pittsburgh. 
Anybody else on this team that catches your attention? Maybe Jared Oliva, just because of the need yeah. for speed. He he was kind of my guy along with um, Edward Oliveras last year. And it's just because of the speed. And, you know, right now I've got, like you mentioned the two outfielders and, you know, at DH. And I mean, basically I've got right field being filled by like, you know, six bodies giving, you know, everybody 10% playing time. They, they don't have a right fielder. I don't know that Pittsburgh will bring one in. I think that they may play some games. Maybe Cole Tucker emerges, plays a little outfield, but yeah. So Oliva is the guy that I'm not, I'm not quitting on. I will, you know, I will draft him in the 46th round of a DC. Well, we got to, Pause momentarily to bring you a word uh, from our sponsors. Hope you'll bear with us, and we'll be back to wrap up the DH cast today. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets. Boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in eight states, all Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. Also, experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum of $10, and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. And finally, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So, Todd, as we wrap things up today, we'll power through the last few teams in the National League. San Diego, I mean, Will Myers probably, uh, he's still hanging around. The skills really aren't that bad, um, but the speed's waned and not somebody I've been very interested in, but you got to think his playing time is probably more secure now. I don't know, but, well, is it more secure? I mean, San Diego, unless San Diego, I mean, San Diego, I have them with one big opening and they could bring, bring in two bats. So I don't. I think Myers is going to play three-quarters of the time anyway. So I don't know that he's the guy that's going to improve his his stead because of the DH. It just may shift around. Um, bringing in Jorge Alfaro, I think that – and Victor Caratini in tow, I think that someone like Austin Nola may get more playing time, and that would be because catcher eligible. So he mm-hmm. he, he becomes a, a more attractive catcher, I think, with a little bit more playing time now. And I think it may actually open up more for Alfaro too because he's not splitting time at catcher. So I think one of the – domino effect of this is both Alfaro and Nola are now uh, to me, it's almost kind of like double tap them in a, in a league, in a DC league and get your catching your two catchers from the, from the same team. I think, you know, if one gets hurt, the other catches even more Um, pro far, it probably kind of like Will Myers, who's going to play, but it just kind of, 
shifts around where he plays. Jake Cronenworth, I believe, made about 20 appearances at first base, so maybe Hosmer a little bit at um, DH. Maybe if Cronenworth plays more first, maybe some Ha Young Kim. People were excited about him this time last year. It could, really it, it, it could again, yeah. it just depends upon what they do. I've got them with a hole in right field and then enough backup positions in the, in the, in the other outfield. So I think they could bring in one regular and one – you know, kind of utility type defensive minded outfielder. Again, they could give more playing time to other players and, and like like him and make it all work. But to me, they're a team that's going to be very, very busy once the commissioner and the players association say go. Yeah, Profar, he opted into his uh, maybe the final year of his deal. Uh, 6.5 million player option. They don't have to play him. It's probably more of a util guy, but. Um, yeah, that would that would leave some at bats open. I mean, Trent Grisham's a guy who was lingering on uh, in our draft for quite a while in that uh, first pitch Arizona speakers draft. Any interest in rolling dice on Grisham and a bounce back from him? Yeah, sure, especially yeah. for some speed. Yeah, it just absolutely. Um, you know, in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, I think he's I, he's definitely on my on my radar. Yeah, I was a little surprised how far he was falling, but. I, I think I went elsewhere when he came around. San Francisco Giants. Wilmer Flores actually kind of quietly was pretty darn good against righties last year. Well, not maybe not great, but the split between his numbers against lefties right. and righties was thinner last year. A longtime platoon guy, but do you see him? Maybe Longo, maybe Darren Ruff. Yeah, this is another team that's got so many. Anytime the team plays platoons. They've got the bats. They just may not. They may not enjoy the platoon, right? You may have to do a lot of righty on righty stuff. But like you mentioned, uh, I mean, Darren Ruff even hits righties very well. You mentioned Flores. So a lot of the righties, it's you're not. It's not as if they can't hit right-handers. It's just they hit better against lefties, and they've got lefties to hit those right-handers. Uh, you know, it, you know, is there a quiet guy on this team? Austin Dean, to me, is the um, is the guy. Assuming he's still with the club. I have I have him you know again have him I have him as a minor league contract that sort of thing. If Austin Dean is hanging around, he's someone who I've always thought just deserves a chance. He didn't get it in St. Louis, and I think it was Miami. Didn't get a chance in Miami. Yeah, we've still got him. We've still got him there. Uh, claimed off of waivers in November. So mm-hmm. to me, he's somebody that could emerge. I like that one as a deep call. Maybe maybe that could happen. It, Tommy Lastella, remember him? He's still around. I remember him. Um, I know you do. I was just, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I kind of like Wilmer Flores given the multi-positional eligibility. He just always seems to rack up the at-bats. Yep. Even though you you kind of project him for that short side platoon, could end up playing more than you think. Uh, on to our final two here, St. Louis. Oh man, I mean, Juan Yepes maybe Lars Newtbar, one of the great I think names. It, it, I think it opens up an opportunity for Newtbar to to get more playing time, build on his AFL uh, success, if you will. Yepes, you know, this is another team that, are they done? Um, I don't know. I think they need a utility infielder. And do they bring someone else in for the outfield? You got Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson. It's like they're all, all, you know, pretty good. Well, I think O'Neill can be very good. But, you know, Bader and Carlson, they're, 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 they're starters, but you'd like one of them to be better on a uh, on a championship team, and maybe maybe Carlson becomes that guy, right? 
Yeah. So yeah. I think that they're set. So now, yeah, you move Dijon a little bit into the DH and bring an infielder in. They've they've got some flexibility there. Or just or is just Nolan Gorman? Is he the guy that the accelerates early and comes up and hits and and is he the guy that that takes up some DH at bats? And last year Sosa uh, and Mano Sosa with every everybody back being healthy, maybe Sosa fills in a bit of DH or plays the field and lets DeJong or someone else play some DH. Yeah, I'm going to leave DeYoung there because actually at the end of last year, he got supplanted by Edmundo Sosa yeah. as the regular. So, uh, you sense. know, I didn't realize that Juan Yepes was actually like a pretty highly touted prospect. James has him fourth in the organization. AAA Memphis and James has thrown out some caveats about AAA numbers, but 289, 382, 589, a 971 OPS, 22 homers in 92 games at AAA last year for Juan Yepes. Yep. Didn't realize he was uh, that good. It's pretty impressive. So yeah, maybe some of him, maybe Goldie, and yeah, I'm gonna leave DeYoung there for now because yeah, he kind of took a back seat to Sosa. Maybe Sosa ends up being their uh, primary primary shortstop again this year. Then finally, that we are on to Washington. Uh, oof, man, I mean Josh Bell. You like Yadiel Hernandez at all? A little bit. Thing is, he's he's up there in age, right? I mean, yeah. he, he's like a long, late bloomer, super. Late. Yeah, right. Exactly. Not not quite like Kostremski, Mike Kostremski, but no, mm-hmm. along those lines. And that, but the way he emerged last year, you think he's a kid. And you look at what thirty two or whatever it was. I remember from you know writing in the in my in my daily notes for ESPN about you know about how I thought he just came up, but he didn't. He was a you know he was a, a late bloomer slash veteran. Yeah, you know, this that's a, this is a team that ha, again has bodies, but are they going to bring? You know, what are they going to do? Is Andrew Stevenson a regular? You mentioned Hernandez. Is he a regular? Obviously, Soto is, and obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously. I don't know that obviously. Victor Robles is he going to stick this time? And is Lane Thomas going to stick? So who gets yeah, the Robles extra? It's so tough to figure out. Yeah. So who gets the extra? Or who's the who's my under the radar? Potential, um, Michael Franco, maybe. Oh, did they bring him in on a minor league deal? Uh, I've got him listed again. I, I went through some of them and I didn't get to the W's. Uh, if Franco's still with the team, then Michael Franco could be the uh, yeah. yeah, we still have him listed in a minor league contract in December, December 12th. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So anybody that signed this, you know, December, I feel as though you know, we'll get an, you know, an invite to the spring. So he's the under the radar, you know, uh, Sure, I'd like to know that he makes the team before I draft him under my labor or my Tout Wars, uh, my Tout Wars uh, roster. But he's the kind of guy that could flourish with a DH. And even, you know, we know Nationals Park is maybe not as good as Camden, or maybe now it is as good as Camden with the with the change in the fences. Mm-hmm. But um, he's the kind of guy that could flourish in the DH role. You mentioned Victor Robles, and he's not on the depth chart right now because he was optioned down at the end of last year. Uh, August 31st and never returned. So, I mean, I was a guy who was kind of a proponent of his saying, look what he did at whatever it was, age 22. Yeah, age 22, he hit 17 homers, stole 28 bags. He was a highly touted prospect. And I thought, you know, maybe we shouldn't view the stat cast numbers as a be-all, end-all with him, but those stat cast skeptics were proven right on Robles. Is he even on your, your draft board? No, not really. Now, the thing with the stat cast is I'm not concerned about the blue for guys like Miles Straw and for guys like Robles. It's all about power. And I think that when you mentioned 17 homers, 
I think that was the issue with Robles is he fashioned himself a power hitter, a guy that can hit double digit power. I think if he focused more on contact and, you know, kind of like played a little bit more of the straw type game, we could have a, you know, a 260, 35 home, uh, 35 steel type of guy and, you know, run into eight homers instead of running into 17 homers. And I think he would have a more of a future. And not that Straw's a 10% contact guy. He's still 17, 18, 19%, but it's lower than than Romero or strikeout guy, inversing contact and strikeouts. But um, you think you know what I mean. Um, so if, if to me, if Robles comes back and you know doesn't doesn't play the Willie May, you know, give me drop and give me 20 every time he hits the ball in the air, I think that we still could have something out of Robles. You've said you kind of like Lane Thomas, right? As a sleeper, I, I, other people are higher on Lane Thomas than I am. Okay, um, I think right now he's going to get the playing time, and to me, the, you know, I'm on the I'm on the playing time bandwagon. But I, I think we're going to see some uh, give back from the production that we had last year. This this team, I mean, again, I don't know if they're done or not, but you know, I I can't believe that that Alcides Escobar, you know, has a job, and I can't believe he played well last year and. I, I can't believe I even mean, recommended him one day last year too. That's how bad it got. And I know you recommended Luis Garcia in one of your ESPN articles. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. Years. I don't. Does he get more playing time now? I don't know. I mean, Cesar Hernandez, we like. Um, you know, there's a bunch of you know who knows guys. You know, yeah. they've got D. Strange Gordon. You know, hanging around. We mentioned Franco. Ton of openings. It seems like. Yeah, and you know, well, this this is a team that I'm not sure. If they will go out and and go out and spend, because I don't know if their pitching is ready. I think that you know they. I don't know that they're. Well, I don't think their pitching is ready, or warrants going out and spending at this point. Well, that'll do it for the NLDH discussion. I'm sure there'll be a lot of that in the weeks and months ahead. But as we wrap things up, Todd, we're doing that first pitch Arizona speakers slow draft fifty rounds. We're only in the fifteenth round right now. But any just general thoughts you want to give, or maybe picks of yours that you want to spotlight? Oh man, I uh, made a rookie. I made a rookie mistake, and we've both been using this room for a long time. Um, setting up an auto draft, I had a couple of guys. I wanted to double tap, air quote closers, so I had them set up in like two rounds, and there was still a couple left, and I, and I did not push them to the next round. I didn't. I didn't load the closers. I saw that I had them. So I thought I was auto drafting. I had said an auto. So there weren't, there wasn't anybody in that round. So it went to the default and I ended up with Ranger Suarez when I wanted to get, you know, so basically kids, no matter how long you're doing it, be careful. The, the, you know, I don't want to say the best of us because that's not me. People can, uh, you still can make mistakes. I like this draft. I think, you know, Jeff Zimmerman is again going a little off the wall, but he usually goes off the wall and carries his trophy into the year. He's won the last yeah. two seasons. I like seeing what people what 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 they're doing. It's a bunch of our friends, so I enjoy the camaraderie in the chat room. Um, the link is public. Uh, we, we will post it like on our when we tap the podcast or just follow Player Eye. We've talked about the draft enough, but this is a, a NFBC DC style independent satellite league. It's not a the overall anything like that, and it's just a bunch of people that speak at the Arizona conference. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and. It's I I assume you wanted Joe Barlow right instead of Ranger Suarez. Yes, I had Barlow. You, you love the Barlows. I don't. Well, you I don't, get enough of the Barlows. I can't. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up with Kittredge in around maybe a round or two earlier than I want, but 
you know, I'm not looking for 35 saves. I'm looking for 20. Um, but with Jason and Jason, Jason Collette in the draft, I don't know. Maybe he jumps on Kittredge. Mm-hmm. So I pushed him up. I don't hate Ranger Suarez. I just wasn't, that wasn't who I wanted. And I mismanaged your cue, right? Yeah, I'm short one bat now. I did, I, I picked up most of the players I would have anyway. So I got Suarez is at a borrow. I still got Nelson Cruz, who I wanted to get, and I just picked up Kittredge. So it's now the next bat I have get would have been where I would have taken another pitcher who I already have in Suarez. So, you know, there's a couple guys, if they fall, it'll, in, in the end of the day, it'll be, would I have taken Suarez at this pitcher spot or is there a pitcher that I would have wanted more? And is the rest of the roster just the same, but just, you know, players in a different round? Um, we'll just have to see. Cause I really like what happened at the beginning. I really like my, my foundation at the beginning. So we'll see if we can bring her on home. And this is, uh, which uh, it's kind of the TGFBI is, is different in that it's a fab league, but um, I think it, it was kind of good practice before we start that. I, you get your assignment. Yeah. I forget exactly which league it is, but I think I'm in Eno's league and it should be fun. I got Brian Always Feldman, um, which is going to be fun. And I, I, a lot of people I don't know, which is kind of fun. I mean, People are like, yeah, it's an easy league. I mean, no, we're using the same player pool, and it's it, it's to me, it's going to be kind of. I haven't kind of busy now, but over the course of the season, I'm going to enjoy getting to know the people in my league because I think that's part of, and that's part of the TGFBI. If you sign up for the TGFBI, you sign up for the experience, and that's part yeah. of it's getting to know the people in your league if you don't know them. Just real quick, you mentioned that Jeff Zimmerman was doing something a little off the wall to begin his draft. He went with five pitchers. In, his, in the first six rounds. So after Kyle Tucker, he went Brandon Woodruff, Rice Iglesias, Edwin Diaz, Joe Musgrove, Dylan Cease. And here's how he's made up ground on the hitting side. Brian Reynolds, DJ LeMayhew, Ahmed Rosario, Ty France. Then he picked Seiya Suzuki, kind of notable there. Gene Segura. And I think in the chat he said he'd kind of, you know, if this were an auction, he'd kind of love to live in this range where we are now. Yep. When it comes to hitters. Well, so he went high batting it. average, right? I yeah. mean, so he went high batting average with the batters that he took with, with Reynolds and LeMayhew. So I think he's now, he, he's now going other, the, the players with low batting averages that fall, he can now pick up. And if he, if he wants, maybe that's not what he's going to do. Maybe he's, maybe he's wants to run the pitching, run the table on pitching and take batting average and take steals or something. And kind of a Sweeney plan where you don't worry about homers and home, you know, homers and RBI. Maybe he's trying to run a Sweeney, or maybe he is going to try to make up for the power later, but um, you know it's it's Jeff. Every year we go, what's Jeff doing? And in October we say Jeff won. So yeah, he's won a couple years at least in a yep. row, I believe. So yeah, I'll try to dethrone the great Jeff Zimmerman. Well, that'll do it for us. Todd and I are going to be back uh, tomorrow on MLB Network Radio. That'll be fun. We'll actually be talking with uh, uh, one of our Doug Dennis uh, managers in this league. Yeah, one of our opponents, Doug Dennis. That'll be fun. So join us uh, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on MLB Network Radio. If you can, anything else? Uh, 5 to 6 Central, right? Uh, I always forget. 4 to 5 Eastern. Let me look up MLB Network Radio. Yeah, 4 to 5 Eastern, unless we get preempted by the announcement the strike's over. Yeah, that's right. 4 to 5 Eastern. In which case, Clay and I will come over to your house personally and do our show just for you (laughs) if this this season is ruled on tomorrow and they have a press conference at 4 uh, 4 p.m. I'm looking up now. Yep, 3 p.m. Central, so that would be 4 to 5 Eastern. Thank you for clarifying that. I should know it, but uh, good to know. Clock Todd, 
Always a pleasure, man. Thank you all for joining us. Catch you next time. Let me get this one uh, thing up to sign us off. Catch you next time on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Try Rotowire today, free for 10 days. Get our premium tools, rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.